We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. How are you doing today? Would love to chat with you. Would love to talk money, talk investing, anything that's on your financial mind, so to speak. Don't be shy is the number one goal here when it comes to investing and throwing down like where we are in the market. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is the fact that they get, you know, a little bit too nervous about the markets, um, and sometimes a little bit too greedy about the markets. Some of the headline news today that is not good, and some headline news out there today that is good. The, the not so good news: IBM came out with basically just dreadful information, and then unfortunately, IBM is a member of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. One of the things I hate about the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it's 30 companies, of which I probably want to own 15, 16, 17, 18 of them, but not all 30. The business services giant announced $3.68 per share of operating earnings. Not bad, not bad. Weaker than expected. That's the problem. Revenues fell 4% year over year. That's a huge problem. It's a company that's had a really, really difficult time uh, growing earnings and more difficult growing revenue. Uh, There was some concerning analysis inside of it. Markets in America, in the Americas, fell 2%. In Europe, Middle East, and Africa fell 2%. In Asia Pacific, 9%. Uh, management and revenues in so-called growth markets fell 6%. That's tied towards Brazil, Russia, India, and China. You're saying, what's the good news? Some of the good news this weekend, Ebola didn't have another, I guess you would say, victim announced in the United States. Ebola is a nasty, nasty virus, but it's not a very smart virus. It basically kills its host really, really fast. Um, and thus it needs another host. Otherwise, it dies inside said host. 
So there's some issues along those lines out there today. Um, so Ebola, not terribly problematic. Um, other issues out there today of note. Monica Lewinsky has joined Twitter. I know you're saying, really? Beats has released an intense ad about LeBron James's return to the Cleveland. Um, huge deal for both the NBA and the city of Cleveland. Beats made this very, very clear with a new ad featuring LeBron driving the streets of Akron. Pretty intense stuff. Again, marketing. I got an interesting angle today on Nike that I'm going to share with you, but I need a little bit more time to develop some notes on it. Something I do during the commercial breaks. Um, I think I'm on to something. It's, here's the, the teeny tiny hint. Nike sometimes comes up with limited edition shoes. And limited edition shoes have about a billion dollar resale value plus. So why not, what that means is people will sell, people will get their, you know, you, you know, one of a thousand LeBrons and then sell them on eBay for five, ten, fifteen times. And there's mass demand for them. So it turns out it's a billion dollar piece of revenue left on the table. That's pretty impressive. Um, I don't know. Maybe you see that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about money investing and or more. Um, SAP beat expectations but lowers their full year guidance. IBM missed expectations. Apple's slightly higher. Don't you wish Apple was in the Dow Jones Industrial Average instead of IBM? I do, I do. The week capital markets had last week, weak, weak, weak market last week. That's worthy of throwing out there again. Trials and tribulations. It's not going to be any rest for the weary. Today we get Apple reporting earnings after the market. Again, no big disaster this weekend politically with Putin, politically with Europe, politically with Ebola. Not any huge economic data out today. So that's not going to give us any clues. The Russell 2000 is something we continue to watch right now. It outperformed last Wednesday and Thursday. It was a laggard on Friday. We'll be looking for that. We'll be you know, trying to sense the SP 500 earnings today as well. Big earnings week this week for sure. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money. Thank you. 
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. So the resale sneaker market on eBay is about a billion dollars. And I, I just, I'm doing research on Nike right now, and like, well, there's a down market. I like to buy the companies that I think will make a lot of money over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Nike and Disney, for instance. When I saw Disney right now, no way. There's a little thing called the Force that's coming out in a little over a year. And I don't want to miss it. Chewbacca is rumored to return. And hunt down Luke Skywalker is now turned evil. Hey, Chewie, before you tell us that, that's a spoiler alert. Be careful. Some people get upset by that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The S&P 500 is up four today. The Dow is down 59. The NASDAQ up 22. Welcome in. Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done two, maybe three of my loans in real estate, so I bring him in on occasion to kind of highlight what you should be thinking about when buying a home or refinancing a home or maybe even sometimes selling a home. You can listen to his show here on KDOW 1220 Tuesdays. That's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. drive time. Mr. Mendez, buying a home is intimidating. Yes, it is. I remember my 20s when I bought my first car. I had buyer's remorse. I had panic. Um, you know, going through a divorce, you have remorse. You have panic. You have fear. But a home, it's it's pretty big. The first home that you put an offer on, and it's not quite the home you want. There's a cracked foundation. You're like, what you, should I be doing yeah. this? Should I not be doing it? Like, you do go through a lot of questions. Yeah, I did, the first cliche I heard in the business, and it still rings true today is it's the biggest decision you're going to make in your life, the biggest investment you're going to make in your life. And it, and today it's becoming more harder to get, uh, more difficult to get the financing, uh, finding the right price, finding the right home is difficult today because we have such competition, we have competition, we have inventory problems, um, and you're putting cash over top of appraised value. So it's, it's a lot more difficult and certainly more intimidating in a seller's market like it is today. And you and I kind of grew up kind of ignorant. We were kind of like, yeah, dad said put down 28 to 40% of your income. And you and I have grown up in an area, uh, era where people are like, buy the worst house on the best street. Buy close to great schools. Buy close to great jobs. Don't buy too far out. You want someone's wife to want your home. You want some curbside appeal. I mean, it sounds like pretty generic advice, but a lot of people got burned with bad advice like buy you know take equity out of your home and buy elsewhere or or um, buy in Dallas or yeah just wrong advice you know yeah. the best advice you can give yourself for real estate is to first decide to make a de- decide to buy real estate that's the hardest decision know that you're, you're going to know that you're going to be tied to it yeah. and you said it's an investment i say it's a liability you say it's the, be- the biggest investment you ever make i think it's the biggest liability you're committing to paying 30 years every single month even if you lose your job, even if you divorce, you're making a commitment that's big. Now, later in life, as you pay yourself rent, i.e. the part of the mortgage that's not interest but the equity, um, it is. it adds up to a great yep. thing over time. It doesn't keep up terribly well versus inflation. Some markets better than others. Yeah, and, and you brought up a good point. The, a lot of things that are the benefits, the right benefits of owning a home aren't so, sold. It's the wrong benefits that are oversold. 
and it gets people hyped up about real estate. It really is a hype game, isn't it? Uh, oh, it's yeah. a speculation game. Right now, speculation is, is dying off as prices are going up and rates are going up. It's, it's a lot more rate sensitive than it used to be I'm um, because we have such high prices. And this is what I fear in this type of market right now is that we are so rate sensitive and we're so sensitive to alternative types of financing like arms. And there's no neg arms anymore. There is still interest only. So people are sensitive to those, but they also are sensitive to the payment and the fact that the prices have gone up and are going to go back up to where they've been. If, it's a tricky market. To if you live in an expensive be. area, you're looking for expensive jobs to be created. If you're living in Stockton, you're looking for a doubling of minimum wage. Like there's little keys and hints that you could think about. Um, I could tell you that my industry, the financial world, has some slimy people. There's a big mutual fund guy down in San Jose that I got to see some of his salespeople, and they're just 25 year old, just I don't know, just. Hey, hey there, Gus. Give me a power handshake and let's go sell some of this product and make big money and have scotches tonight. Like, they're just, I don't know what the word, bimbo, himbo, like, there's, that's not the right word. But uh, your industry has that too, though. You just call them a tool. Tool. Perfect. Your industry's got these tools that are like, you know, all I got to do is do one mortgage and I can fly to Hawaii and smoke weed and come back and do one mortgage and... You know, hey, I used to be a mechanic, but now I'm going to be a mortgage person. I know a woman who's a housewife, and she's getting her real estate license simply because it's a little extra money. And she's competing against people who have been in this industry 40, 50 years, super experienced. She's got none. She's going to fail, in my opinion. With that said, maybe she sells one else. Yep. Um, she's got a heart of gold, and she networks really well with mothers. So maybe she does well. well you know, that... But there's some barriers to entry. I'd get into the real estate business, that side of the real estate business, if I had a larger network. Uh, and I've been in my city for a long time. I'm a mom, and I, and I know a lot of people, and I know how to network. You know, that's a great way to start. There's a lot be of people who still want to yeah. get into real estate because there is a lot of money to be made in this in this industry. Um, the mortgage industry is more of the sales part. Real estate's all about this. The selling side is all about how who you know. One of the first questions I would ask a potential realtor. Tell me the three best streets. Tell me the school scores. And, you know, don't show me a big kitchen. I don't care. Show me the best streets that everyone wants, that has no inventory. That's where I want to be. That has been Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez has been sitting in with me. He works with BayAreaLoanSource.com. He is a lender. BayAreaLoanSource.com. Here's a bit of just press release that will make you want to vomit. Lord's song, Royals, has been banned in San Francisco. Now, before you get up too much into a tizzy and go, like, why are the songs being banned? It's Royals. Even though she sings, we'll never be Royals, two San Francisco radio stations have banned the song from their airwaves, at least while their town's beloved San Francisco Giants are taking on the Kansas City Royals in the World Series. KFOG Radio and KOIT 96.5 are pulling the song for now. How crazy is the music industry? We're wacky. We're not going to play the song Royals. Maybe I should play it like nonstop. Just pull my show and just play it for two hours a day for the next ten days. Oh, good golly. 800... 516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm wacky. 
Oh, Marissa Mayer is going to announce something big tomorrow out of Yahoo. Some sort of change in strategy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Take my Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. This next story would have a... (laughs) By the Simpsons, if I had time to prepare it, but let's just say I didn't. Warren Buffett, a man who's not used to losing money, has lost a billion dollars before lunch today. The plunge in IBM shares after its weak earnings results cost the Oracle of Omaha dearly. Stock falling $15 at the open. $1 billion before lunch. You think you're having a bad day? (laughs) How about the 49ers yesterday? Not the best day for them either. (laughs) We should have... Just do that sound effect all day long. Following the Song Lords will never be Royals. Oh, for the record, and I'm enjoying the San Francisco Giants run in the World Series. Fox Sports, which is publicly traded Fox, um, it's also Fox TV, screwed, hosed by this World Series. Not only did two wildcard teams, i.e. not the best of the best, all season long, make the World Series, but San Francisco is not a big market. Not compared to L.A., not compared to New York, not compared to Boston, not compared to Chicago, Washington. Then you start getting the Bay Area. Those kind of numbers. But we're also a fragmented market because we've got the Oakland A's where some Oakland fans would never, ever, ever give in and watch a World Series played by the San Francisco Giants. But Kansas City is a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny market. I'm predicting lowest World Series ratings in 15-plus years uh, because it's just not the matchup they want in any way, shape, or form any way, shape, or form. Probably would have been better if Stockton was playing like Tallahassee. Anyhow, in any way, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. How are you today, Mr. Burton? Doing well. Doing well. One of the areas that we don't really talk too much about is charity. And there's a word out there, charitable remainder trust. We know a trust. We know Paris Hilton. Granddaddy did the Hilton Hotel. She's a trust baby. How do charitable trust work together? Yeah, it's a little bit different than creating a trust baby because what I find that a lot of people that are wealthy really start to look for ways to be philanthropic. And I think one of the best estate tax planning tools, and, and you really have to look at the estate tax as almost like a voluntary tax. There's so many things that you can do 
while you're alive in terms of gifting, in terms of setting up your estate the right way to, to avoid paying too much in estate taxes. And my favorite type of strategy for people that really come to me and they say, here's my financial plan and I'm also looking for ways to benefit my charity and protect my children. And I think one of the best tools out there is a charitable remainder trust. Okay. So picture this. Let's say you have a couple. They're in their 60s. They've got a combined estate with their Bay Area home and some stock options that they that they have that have real low stock basis, cost basis of about $12 bucks. So, and let's say they're looking at this, you know, a million dollars in this stock that they might have purchased a long, long time ago with a basis of, you know, a couple hundred thousand. Right. So, the the stock doesn't pay any dividends. It's a typical tech type of a company, and they really want to diversify. They mm-hmm. really want to, you know, get into an area where they can take some income, at least get some dividends off of it. Now, they could sell the stock, right? They could sell the million dollars and pay all of the state capital gains tax, the federal capital gains tax, and have, you know, less than $800,000 left over after taxes to get into something that they could pull 5% from. Okay. So, you know, really what would happen is they'd only end up between seven hundred fifty dollars to $800,000 left over to really invest. Now, if they had 5% income from that, they'd only have 37500 each year, right? If you want to do the math. Okay. That, that's all they would have to live off of for the rest of their life because at 65, you don't want to draw more than 5% of the portfolio. And then, since they have a, a, a large estate, whatever's left of that $750,000 when they die would be taxed at estate tax rates approaching 50%, the success tax. So the kids might only receive like 350000 of that, and Uncle Sam gets the other half. Now, in a charitable remainder trust, let's say you said you've identified a charity or two or several that you want money to go to after you pass away. You can put the money into the charitable remainder trust. So you, what you could do is set up a charitable remainder trust. You're the trustee of it, so you can determine you know how to invest the proceeds. And, and it doesn't nothing goes to the charity until you pass, until you die, until the second one is gone. So you could put the million dollars stock into that charitable remainder trust. You could get a big tax deduction for doing that. Usually at that age, it would be somewhere around two hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollar tax deduction. So this is great because you could put the million dollars into the trust. You could turn around and sell the that low basis stock once it's in the trust and create an income producing portfolio, zero current capital gains taxes. Okay. Nothing at all. You can diversify without paying any capital gains tax. And then you can create that lifetime income of 5%. But 5% on a million dollars is 50,000 bucks a year, right? Right? So you get a higher income and you get a tax deduction. You have 5 years to use that tax deduction up. So then what you do is you you look at it and say, "Okay, the charity's going to win when I die, right? My kids, though, don't get the million dollars. So you take some of that money and you, you funnel into an irrevocable life insurance trust so that it replaces the million dollars to your heirs totally tax-free. And really, the tax deduction and the lack of paying capital gains taxes pays for the insurance for the kids. So everybody wins. The, the kids get the money. The charity gets the money. You get the income. Uncle Sam gets zero. It's a great What happens, though, if you run out of money in the charitable remainder trust? Can you spend it down by accident? Well, if you do, if you invest poorly, right. yeah, you could. it could be gone. Or if the market does a massive correction, as long as you've done the prudent man rule and you invested in a balanced portfolio, nothing, nothing can happen to you. It's just poor market performance. And what happens is your income stocks and it stops and the charity ends up not getting anything. I haven't seen that happen. You invest in but a balanced portfolio. But you still get the tax deduction. Your kids still get the life insurance. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's a great planning tool, especially those that it complicates life a little bit. I think anyone ever abuses that? Um, abuses it? I, you know, I don't, 
I know Jim Cramer always so. talks about his charitable remainder trust, but he's living kind of large. Well, again, that's what he. So you can see how it works because what he did is put low base of stock into that, and he can manage it however he wants. He can buy and sell whatever he wants inside of that. He takes a certain amount of income out um, now. And you know it's it's a pretty great tool. He's not abusing it. There's there's laws, and you have an attorney draft the charitable remainder trust. So it's it's such a great tool, and it, everybody wins except the government. It it really works well. Which do you ever worry like when you say that out loud, some people might actually dislike that? Because I, I and they're typically the people who are on the government program. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. If you have a ton of wealth or you've got wealth, consider a charitable remainder trust. A trust, consider making sure you do some estate planning with that so that it passes efficiently. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Everyone should know some really basic terms when it comes to investing, and a lot of people don't, and it's kind of tragic. Um, it hurts your nest egg enormously if you don't stop and like learn a couple things. Return on investment. It's simply a measurement that refers to the gain or loss experienced relative to the amount invested and is often expressed as a percent. Return on investment, ROI, is calculated by dividing the gain or loss, hopefully not, by the cost of the investment. An investment of $1,000 grows to $1,100 would generate a rate of return on of 10%. Compound interest. Compounding means that when interest is initially calculated on the principal amount invested, the added interest can also earn interest, which is awesome. So your money makes a little bit of money, and then that compounds. So your money makes baby money, but your original money makes money, but your baby money starts making money. So, you know, A makes B, A still grows, B still grows, B makes C, A still grows, B still grows, C still grows. It's... One of the best things ever. A 401k is a term that everyone should know. A 401k, a 403b, or 457. It's a, a savings account for retirement. It's kind of a tax code. Um, it allows you to save money from your paycheck for your future. Sometimes your company matches, which is called free money. A Roth IRA, if you are not eligible for a 401k, 403b, 457, or you are but still want to save more money. A Roth IRA is a great way to go with your after-tax dollars. The 401k, 403b, 457s pre-tax money. But your Roth, any money that you save and it grows and compounds, comes out tax-free in retirement. Nothing goes to Uncle Sam. A CD, a certificate of deposit, boring. We used to think of CDs as compact discs. Boring. A certificate of deposits. Probably only appropriate for people who um, probably only appropriate for people who you know are later in life and want you know some sort of consistency in their savings. But with interest rates as low as they are, not attractive. A money market account, this type of savings account offered through banks, credit unions. 
requires a higher account balance, typically. Uh, Ally Bank, Capital One, 360 are great money markets. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Big event coming up this Saturday in Redwood Shores, which is real close to San Carlos. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's very informal. Hope to see you there. We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams. But everybody's like crystal. Maybe back diamonds on your timepiece. Jet planes, islands, tigers on a So, boys' toys. I know you're saying, how can I make money off boys' toys? Mm. Pretty easy, all things considered. Transformers, Nerf, and Star Wars help Mattel boost earnings 43%. Now, this is a tough business. Because we can do regular stories on, you know, I'm sorry, that's Hasbro. If I said Mattel, I meant Hasbro. Um, Mattel reported a double-digit decline in sales of Barbie dolls last week. And Hasbro recently announced licensing deals with Disney to make dolls based on classic princess characters like Cinderella and new ones from, like, Frozen. Now, Hasbro is wearing the crown for the moment. Mattel's worn it for a long time. But as Barbie's age, mothers are like, you know what? I don't really need my daughter to see a big, chested, skinny-waisted, long-legged, platinum-blonde role model. Let's try to get her something a little bit more what's out there as a norm. I know you're saying, did you just say that on air? <clears throat> I did. And fortunately, it's real and it's part of the story, so I'm, I'm all good. Um, taking a look at Hasbro stock versus Mattel stock brings up a lot of questions. Like, do you even want to be in the toy industry as an investor when there's something called iPhones and iPads? And kids go crazy over this stuff. Now, this year, next, this time next year, we're going to be 60 days from the new Star Wars movie. And people are going to need adult diapers. Children are going to need diapers. It's going to be crazy. People are going to get amped for that movie. Now, since 2010, Hasbro's stock has gone from about 25 all the way up to 55. Not bad. Not bad at all. And it's closer to an all-time high than, you know, it's ever been. And since 1990, it's done very, very well. But again, 2000, 2002, that whole, that was a rough market time. It underperformed. But it's really been 
pretty solid since then. All things considered, there's been some ups and downs. I mean, again, big swings. Back in 2010, it went from, you know, $48 all the way down to $33. But the question is, how many stocks can you own? And owning something like Apple, does that satisfy your desire to own a toy play? Or do you need a toy play, too? Or maybe instead of a toy play, now you're like, hey, I see this Ebola scare thing, and I see people going to the hospital all the time, and my neighbors are getting old, and my grandfather had his knees worked on, and... You know, my grandmother's crazy as a bat, and she takes pills for that. And, like, you can see that angle, too, right? I think you can. I hope you can. Taking a look at the markets today, we've had a lot of volatility. And that's normal and good. And 10% corrections are normal and good. IBM missed earnings and revenue expectations. SAP beat expectations, but lowered their full-year guidance. Strength day in consumer discretion, consumer staples, healthcare, materials, utilities. Weakness in energy, industrials, and telco. Apple is higher today. Apple's reporting numbers today. But also, Apple is rolling out their wallet. Now, a lot of people have talked about Apple Pay and, like, they're going to dominate. They're not really, because the whole near-field communication thing, Google will have near-field communication chips put in their phone. They do already, right? Um, so Google's actually going to be a winner because Apple's finally rolling it out. Let's go to Dov in Sunnyvale. Hello, Rob. Go ahead. Yeah, so my question is relating to 403Bs versus an IRA. So I work as a public school teacher. I teach high school. And I have a little bit of extra money that I can put away into either a 403B through the school district or an IRA or a Roth IRA. And I chose the IRA route because it seemed like the fees were lower. Am I losing out anything by not doing the 403B? Okay, so you skipped the... 403B, so, and you went straight right, for an IRA. IRA. Okay. Um, no, you're not losing out anything. And, you know, again, I would talk to your school district and your Teachers Association, CTA, uh, California Teachers Association. They do a very good job of giving you information. You do have all sorts of choices in your 403B, and there are incredibly low-cost ones. And you could, if you ask for Fidelity, they have to legally give you Fidelity. So it might be that the choices that are presented to you were bad ones, and I feel bad for you because as teachers, you're you're kind of vulnerable to bad information, and you're a male teacher, but I give a lot of speeches to female teachers, or I give a lot of speeches to teachers, and one of the things I've noticed about teachers is that they're like, yeah, I'm in the lunchroom, and this incredibly good-looking person comes in with pizzas and says, here, get this fun, here, get this fun family, and... That's how it's pushed. But CTA, and if you drop me an email, Dov, I'll send you a contact at CTA, and they'll follow up with you. Um, They do a pretty good job of of trying to get you more options. You're not missing out anything. You're doing the right thing by not going after a high-fee retirement plan, but it might be a little bit easier for you. Um, Are you doing a Roth IRA? I have 
Okay, well, hi, regular. You know, I mostly invest in index funds, so I'm pretty diversified. I just wanted to know if there was anything special about a 403. Yeah, yeah, uh, 403 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Um, the thing that you're missing out is the pre-tax angle. Um, hard clock. I got to run. Bye. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Good day to you. End of the week, I'm doing a big event in Redwood Shores. It is at the Bay Club, which is the uh, club that I work out at. I'll be there today, for instance. So getting my sweat on. Um, but the event is its kind of like a... It's not quite a country club, but it's more in that vein than it is 24-hour fitness. And we're going to bring some craft breweries out and chat. Um, Chad Burton's going to be there. Um, focusing in on... You know, your financial plans, bring your financial plan, bring your questions, bring your thoughts um, on the spot assessment. Love to see you. Uh, anyone who shows up will get a gift certificate for an hour complimentary review of your portfolio with a CFP. And kind of help you, you know, hey, you're probably missing out on this area of your portfolio kind of direction, which, trust me, you probably need more so than you think. Um, again, I'd love to see you come out. You do have to sign up at robblack.com. It's Saturday from 3 to 5. And it's just off 101, so it's like the easiest location to get to on the planet. People from San Jose, San Francisco, um, it's just, you know, three miles from uh, 92. It's a pretty easy location. So the SP 500 up 5 today, the Dow down 48. Most of that is IBM. Um, the NASDAQ up 24. Things have settled down. Things got kind of dicey last week when we started talking, you know, what's this whole Ebola thing going to end up looking like? You know, what's it mean to me? And as soon as we start doing that, people will get freaked out. I'm freaked out. And uh, market got a little stressed. I'm not stressed. Um, the market is far from perfect. Like, for instance, today is one of those days where I'm like, oh, man, do I wish IBM was not part of... The Dow Jones National Average. IBM's announced a five-year plan that it upsets me. Why does a tech company take five years to plan something? That's a long time. 
And that's when your competition, like Workday and Salesforce.com, go, <laughs> old man IBM. How legacy of a system is IBM, i.e., can is it tough to, to get out of a company? Or will companies like Salesforce and Workday say, you know what? Uh, I know you used to be an IBM. I know you are an IBM client, but you can come be ours and we'll save you half the price. That's a little bit of a problem. Oracle's facing it as well. The old tech companies are old. And the new tech companies are built on you know, easier platforms. So we will see. Mark Cuban said something that's very Mark Cuban-ish. He goes, I'm buying Netflix stock. He's a billionaire. Uh, a lot of people may or may not remember he started a company called Broadcast.com, which he sold to Yahoo, and then he shorted Yahoo the moment he sold it to Yahoo because he thought they overpaid. So he tweeted out today, and why is this legal? I mean, what? first and foremost, why is it important? But why is it legal when someone with big influence has that ability to go out and say, I'm buying this stock? Um, just buy a tweet. He goes, at half of Yahoo, $10 billion, um, Twitter's greater, and a small percentage of major media companies, someone will try to buy them. Shares of Netflix crashed after the company reported disappointing results on Wednesday, last week, and its fourth quarter earnings per share guidance. On the same day, HBO announced plans to launch a standalone streaming video service sometime next year. To me, it's kind of weird that he's announcing it via Twitter. Um, with that said, would it make sense for someone like, not not definitively, but someone like um, Apple to use some of their cash on something like that? You could definitely make the case. You could definitely make that the <clears throat> case for it. You know, $22 billion market cap, uh, Apple's got the cash for it. Now, it could have been bought a lot cheaper two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Uh, and what's the barrier to entry? Yahoo's, or I'm sorry, Netflix is very different than HBO and very different than CBS. Is there room for all of them? Mm, not really. Because then you start getting into a, you just cut the cord on cable, but now you're buying all these standalone services. Will someone eventually mold them together? Could be. 800. Five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Baby's born today. If you know a doctor in the maternity ward or a nurse in the maternity ward, call them because any baby born today gets five hundred dollars free from a mutual fund company called Voya. <clears throat> now, who is that? They formerly were known as ING, but then ING kind of had that banking crisis. So if you know any baby born today, they get $500. That's a pretty good promotion. It's National Give a Hoot, Don't Pollute Investment Week or something like that. Uh, oh, National Safer Retirement Week. There you go. Uh, program is called Voya Born to Save. So $500 going. And again, there's going to be 10,000 babies born today. One of you out there knows someone. Just throwing it out there. 
What else do we need to talk about? Got Mark Cuban. IBM falling apart today. Got that one. Oh, the iPhone wallet. The iWallet thing majigger. The um, iPay? Uh, Apple Pay. Apple Pay. They're, they're trying to ditch the i thing. Apple Pay is being activated today. And How big is it going to be? Apple's trying to capitalize on the swelling mobile payment market, which is set to quadruple to $90 billion by 2017. Here's what's interesting. Apple reports are news today after the market closes. We still don't know how Apple's going to make money off this. But McDonald's, Macy's, Whole Foods, American Express, MasterCard, Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, many, 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 many big groups with many, many, many big dollar transactions have said we'll support it. Nearfield Communications is going to have a big play in 2015. Uh, credit card companies are forcing the issue of updating equipment from retailers. And it's just another way to get people to pay. A little bit easier. Easier than taking a piece of plastic out of your wallet? Yep. Take your phone off the car seat. Use your fingerprint. Done. Now, Google has some sort of version of this, but it's never really taken off. But now that Apple's forcing the near-field communication play game... That will benefit Google with a Google Wallet. Uh, boys toys. I love that term. Sounds like me. I'm a boy toy. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. But Transformers, Nerf, Star Wars, helping Hasbro do really, really well. Uh, two mortgage giants are going to ease lending standards for people with poor credit in an effort to boost lending amid tepid housing recovery. Two mortgage giants are considered programs that would make it easier for lenders to offer mortgages with down payments as little as 3% for some borrowers. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Isn't that how that, isn't that what got us into the credit crisis in the first place? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big event coming up this Saturday. I'd love to see you there. And I'm going off to a conference. Uh, but from 3 to 5 in Redwood Shores... Very informal meet and greet. You can learn more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Again, Rob Black and your money. Go take a phone call, 800-516-1220. Johnny in San Jose. Johnny. Hi, Rob. Good morning. Good morning. I had a quick question. Um, I've been very interested in uh, starting to invest on Drip and uh, buying uh, a couple of uh, dividend-giving stocks. And I wanted to see your opinion on that before I start doing that. Good idea, right. or just other things. Out of curiosity, who's introducing you to the idea of drips? Uh, a friend of mine. He's 
Um, okay, drips are very 1980s. Like I'm really, I haven't heard people talk about drips in at least five years, and it comes and goes. Um, there's nothing wrong with dividend reinvestment plans, where you can basically get into a relationship with a company and buy shares directly from them. I would so much prefer that you go through a TD Ameritrade of Fidelity, which offers low-cost financial transactions. Uh, TD Ameritrade, for instance, has 100-plus ETFs that are no transaction costs. Um, I think you'll be much more pleased with that over time than you will with DRIPS. Uh, Direct investment plans, there's nothing inherently wrong with them. They've been around since the 1960s. They're offered by more than 1,000 companies. Um, It gives you... the advantage of a no-fee investing, you're not really terribly diversified. Sometimes they make you uh, purchase X amount of shares. Sometimes they will throw fees into the accounts, so it's tough to track your drips. I'd rather you go to, like I said, TD Ameritrade and buy the Dividend Achievers um, ETF. Uh, where you get things like CVS and Text Instruments and Qualcomm and Intel and Dominion Resources, uh, or go to Vanguard and get VIG is the dividend for, or it's the ticker symbol for Vanguard Dividend Appreciation. Um, you know, you're looking at probably a two to three, two point three percent dividend yield. With drips, you're basically are promising to buy more shares, uh, reinvested, but. With an ETF through Vanguard, TD Ameritrade, or Fidelity, you're getting diversified. You're not just getting, you know, one stock, you know, per year or whatever it is that you can afford. You're getting consumer defensive stocks. You're getting energies. You're getting industrials. You're getting healthcare. You're getting technology. You're getting utilities. Um, I would much rather go that direction. And there used to be a newsletter out tied towards strips. Then the person was pretty toxic, in my opinion when you see them on radio or television, hear them on radio or see them on television, uh, basically promoting this product that, you know, was a newsletter on how to buy things cheap, which I'm not a big newsletter guy. Uh, I send out an email newsletter. It's free. And I do it when there's a big shift in the market. So it's typically every six to eight weeks. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. But I am not the biggest drip fan. Uh, Just very 1980s, very 1990s, before things became cheaper in transaction costs with stock brokerages. Um, So, you know, there's some advantages. But I think the negatives are bigger than the positives. Um, And I think trying to figure out what you're going to get puts a little bit of pressure on you. And then again, like I said, you're not terribly diversified. Uh-oh, I just went into vocal fry. Yeah, it's not the best idea. I'd go elsewhere, Johnny. Other big stories of note today. Um, this is a big one today. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, private mortgage lenders, they're nearing an agreement that may lower restriction on borrowers with poor credit. They're considering funding lenders with down payments as low as 3%. Uh, it's a loosening of lending standards that really tightened up after 2008 when credit requirements were made far more restrictive. Now, by doing this, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac lets banks protect themselves from future claims of making bad loans. On top of that, 
you know, the opposite side of the story is that's both a negative and, you know, lit, loosening of standards. But it's also positive. Some people legitimately can get in with that little bit amount at this point in time. But uh, FINRA, the Investors Education Foundation, said that nearly one quarter of renters in a survey said that they can't afford to buy a home because they couldn't come up with emergency expenses. It would tap everything they have to get in. Uh, the cost of renting in mind varies from state to state, from city to city for sure. Like it's cheaper in some areas like San Antonio and Phoenix to rent, to buy a home than to rent. I would never, ever buy a home in Phoenix and or San Antonio as an investment because it's cheaper there to buy than it is to rent. Um, in the largest 25 metro areas, rents increased by 5.5% in 2013, eating up more than 40% of the average renter's household income. Most financial experts recommend spending less than one-third of your income on housing. So do be cautious. Um, median household retirement savings for 2014 hit $63,000. That's not good. It needs to be way higher. 77% of companies uh, now offer matching 401ks. That's another thing. We had a call, Dov and Sunny Bell, and he's a teacher. <clears throat> I told him to drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, rob at robblackshow.com. And he's not participating in the 403B, so he's definitely not getting any sort of match. There isn't a match there. But he's also getting tax on the money that he's then putting into an IRA, which you can get a tax deduction on, or a Roth IRA, which will grow tax-deferred and come out lower. But he also would be lowering his taxable income, so he should look at the tax tables. Uh, and like I said, drop me an email. And he's teaching high school, so he's probably in class at this point in time. High school start around this time, don't they? I think they do. And remember, students, don't bring weapons to school. What a depressing era we've moved into in school violence. It's discouraging at times. But it's basically IBM that's pulling down the Dow Jones Industrial Average. S&P 500's up by 7, NASDAQ's up by 29. No, no big Ebola this weekend. No big Ebola news in the United States. People could die in Africa. We don't care. So as long as they're not dying here, we'll push our markets higher, right? Last week when we got like a second case here, we're like, sell, 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 sell. Am I being a little bit... Am I being a little bit too goofy with a terrible disaster? Yeah. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800 516 
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks so much for listening to the show and supporting the show in so many ways. One way you could support the show is come out and meet me. Um, I know that sounds goofy, but this weekend, this Saturday, I'm going to be at an event. It's no cost, but you do have to sign up for it, and we're going to run out of space this week. It's I've got a place where I work out. It's called the Bay Club. Um, it's kind of like a tennis club. Uh, and they've got a wonderful lounge and bocce ball area. And from time to time, I really want to meet people from radio and television. And CFP Chad Burton wants to get on the action. He's bringing his whole team from New Focus. Not his whole team, but a large portion of his team. And uh, totally social event from 3 to 5. Uh, you can bring stock questions. You can bring portfolios. If you don't want your portfolio reviewed there, if you want to sit down with the CFP, have a call with the CFP. Uh, you'll get a certificate for it. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's Saturday, October 25th from 3 to 5. Uh, nothing but college football going on. Oh, and the World Series will probably be starting. Probably a big game at 5 o'clock. So stick around. They've got a, a lovely lounge, like I said. And we'll be doing lounge-like things. Um, hopefully the weather's good, so we'll be outside playing a little bocce ball. Um, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. NewFocusFinancial.com is the easiest way to find them. Estate plan versus retirement plan. A lot of people retire. They want the money to last till the day they die. A lot of people retire. They want the money to last till the day they die and then leave some for their estate, for their spouse, their children. You get the basic idea. Are these ideas in conflict with one another or do they work hand in hand, Mr. Burton? Well, you really have to work hand in hand, and that's part of, you know, part of your retirement plan should be looking at your estate plan as well, because once you are that close to retirement, you can do a, do a true projection in terms of how long your money's going to last and what you're going to be worth. Um, you know, you use conservative growth rates on your assets, and you also use, you know, just kind of conservative, let's say your real estate continues to grow with inflation. So you're retiring at 65, what are you going to be worth at age 85, at age 90, at age 95? Is there going to be a legacy left over for your kids? And if so, you know, making your retirement plan and your income plan meet your plan for a legacy. So you, know, you have to ask the question, do you want or need to have a legacy? At some people, their retirement plan, it's very important them, to them to leave either a specific amount to their kids or to charity, or maybe they have a special needs child. So you really have to make sure beneficiary designations work the right way, and they also match with what your trust is, is trying to achieve. That sounds like some legwork. That sounds like some details where I think you know my situation. Let's not get too personal. But I should have enough money for a legacy or I should have enough money to live till the day I die. Yep. Those are two issues in my head that I feel very comfortable saying out loud. Um, and then leaving it to kids, leaving it to spouses, leaving it to colleges. I'm going to think about that in five, ten years from now yep. uh, as I take the foot off the gas. And let's say you have a specific amount you want to leave the kids, right? So what are the best assets to do that with? Well, a lot of people hold off, for example, on pulling money out of their IRAs. But if you leave your IRA to your kids and they're still working, they're eventually going to have to pay the taxes, and they're probably going to be at a higher bracket than you. So if w one of your plans is to leave a legacy, the best assets to leave them are either a stock or a, you know, a taxable account where if you pass, they get a step-up in basis and they could sell it tax-free, or a Roth IRA. If they inherit a Roth IRA, they can roll it into an inherited Roth IRA account and continue tax-free growth over their lifetime. 
Or let's say that you really want to benefit your church and you say, I want to set aside $100,000 out of my portfolio and I want that to go to the church when I pass away. Well, carve out an IRA. Say, I'm going to take an IRA, a certain amount that I want to leave to my church or charity, put it in a separate account and designate that church or charity because if they inherit, if they receive that IRA when you pass, they're nonprofit. They won't pay any taxes. Okay. Now, what you have to be careful with is you can really screw up your, your beneficiaries. If you have, say, two kids in a non-natural entity like a church or a charity on the beneficiary forms, it can actually screw everything up. So whenever you want to do that, carve it out and make sure that that's noted in your trust and, and make sure that you're, you know, you're – your attorney, your advisor, everybody's working together to make sure your investment plan matches your estate plan and your beneficiaries matches what you want to have happen in your trust. Now, what happens if, like, the church changes, like they go under, and that's part of your estate plan, or the guy closes shop and moves to Guatemala and is no longer a church? Um, how dramatic can that change your estate plan? Well, there's there's certain you could even write into your plan. There's certain organizations that rate charities out there, okay. and and you can say in your trust documents or plan B, plan C, right. So if they're not a viable entity, then it goes to, you know, this entity, uh, and it could be up to your trustee to decide. So you could have everything just go into your trust, and your trustee could have specific instructions in the trust to say, I want charities to benefit this amount, and and I want. Um, them to be funded out of retirement assets. So that's a, a way that you could do it. What's really important too, Rob, is special needs kids. Yep. Um, if there's any chance that they're going to um, receive some sort of assistance from the government, leaving them money outright can really screw that up. So you really have to work with an attorney that knows the special needs rules and leaving it for them in a specific type of trust so that they can you know, be protected and uh, have some help management and also not screw up the benefits that you've worked so hard to get them um, as they've aged. So leaving a legacy is it's an important thought. Like, of course you want to leave your kids money, but also on the flip side of it, you don't want to leave them so much money that they don't work. Yeah. You don't want to leave them so much money that they go off and get married to a, a you know, a gold digger. Mm-hmm. You don't want to leave them so much money that the gold digger can take half of it. So well, you don't want to protect them from divorce and lawsuits. So you could actually leave it to them in, in certain types of trusts like dynasty trusts, um, and, you know, so if you're leaving large amounts to a young child, a lot of times people in their trust, they say, well, you get a third at 25, a third at 30, and a third at 35. I think those are old ways of doing business. You can leave it to them in trust indefinitely so that they're always protected from divorce, from lawsuits, and, and it's easy to manage. The billionaire owner of uh, In-N-Out Burger, she's 30, white trash, drives a drag racing cars on her third marriage, has twins. Got half of the In-N-Out Burger franchise empire at age 30, gets the other half at 35. So speaking to you, to say the least. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Uh, one of the things that I kind of push, it's a very, very simple concept, but don't invest until you're ready. Because it's not a game. It works over time. And if you're not ready and you need that money back for an emergency or for whatever reason, you could end up hurting yourself. So you have to ask yourself questions. When I hear people say, I've got X amounts of dollars to invest and they don't have any goals, I can't really give people good answers. How long before you need the money is important. 
if you're saving for retirement and they're at least 10 years away, my advice is very different than if you're saving for college. Or if you need the money in three years for a house. More than half Americans work towards long-term goals like retirement savings, nest egg, college funding, cost of medical care and retirement. More than a third work towards short-term goals such as building an emergency fund or tacking credit card debt. A lot of investment managers seem to forget to ask the question, how important are your goals? You're probably pretty good at setting the time frame for when you need large amounts of cash ola. Knowing your goal's importance tells me whether we need to do financial planning with it or not. If your goal is a want or a need, it, the goal really, really matters. So time frame turns into very important to, collate, uh, to correlate risk with time frame to figure out if you're saving enough. Another big question is, are you willing to change? Um, the bigger your why, the more likely you're willing to change. If you tell me the goal must happen in the year you specify, you're likely to sacrifice a little more money today to make that goal happen. So that's pretty important. Another question people fail to ask is, what if it doesn't go your way? You know, you can't look at your investments every day, every week, every month. So, but you do want to pay attention to make sure you're still on track. If your returns fall short, and let's say, for instance, let's say, for instance, something terrible happens today. Ebola spreads to five more countries and thousands and thousands of people die. Millions. That's going to hurt the world economies. Just treating it is going to hurt the world economies before you even get into taking people's paychecks out of world economies. So you may not get your goal. When I was 18, I came up with my first financial goal that I could think of. Well, no, as a kid, I probably had financial goals for saving for video games and stupid stuff like that. But when I was 18, I was like, I want a million dollars by the time I'm 35. And then you get, like, in your 30s, you get married, and like, ooh, two people can't live off that. Because a million dollars only generates about $40,000 a year in income until the day you die. So things happened in my life that changed my goals. And my plan didn't work out. I wanted to retire at 35. Now I'm like, yeah. When I'm kicked off radio and TV, I'll retire. Like, or I'll do some sort of startup or some sort of entrepreneurial work or some sort of uh, charitable work, probably most likely. With that said, you got to be patient. You know, can you be patient? It's another big question. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Pick up the phone. Call. Don't forget, big event coming up this Saturday. Great chance to meet me informally. Having some local craft beers. Uh, brewers come in and teach us a little bit. Play a little bocce ball. Sign up for the event at robblack.com.
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, just money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I seriously and truly mean this. I appreciate it. I know that this is not the easiest topic for a lot of people. I think it's a topic that's important for people in their 20s and 30s a lot more so than it is for people in their 50s and 60s. With that in mind, am I worried about what I'm seeing in the stock market right now? No. Our valuations are historically a little high, but not tragically high. Typically, the market has really bad periods of time when we get tragically high and we get too overwhelmed with uh, euphoria. So don't be that person. Uh, When things get euphoric, pare down on your growth. Yeah, you may not have the best year compared to the market. Uh, And there may be years where you underperform the market. But your goal should be looking for 8 to 10% growth, typically. Take the 30% when you get them. But know that the 30% come with a lot more risk than the 8 to 10s. Now, I made a call five years ago that was pretty impressive. And I'm not going to sit here every week and tell you how great I am and how stupid you are and how you need me. That's not the goal here. My goal is to constantly remind you, investing takes time. Investing is something that you need some patience. Um, you want to look at valuations. You never want to become cocky and arrogant. You never want to get fearful and, and you know, nervous. But I remember back five years ago, the market valuations were too cheap. And the market's not going to go to zero. With that said, the market's also not going to go to a million. With that said, you know, you have 40 years to save for retirement. You don't have 400 years. And every year that you're fearful or panicky or every year that you get it massively wrong, you're hurting yourself. Um, Because... 40 years from age 20 to 60 is the amount of time that you earn income. And then you have to live off that income from age 60 to 100. And there's going to be a lot of costs, particularly Social Security is not going to cover most of them. There's going to be health care costs. There's going to be emergencies. There's going to be just mistakes. I was camping with a girlfriend once. And this is an awesome story. She got a little drunk. Tripped. Campfire. Campfire drunk. You know, totally safe. Like, if you're going to drink, that's a good place to do it. And I'm not endorsing drinking. I'm just saying. Tripped. uh, Because, you know, when you're camping in woods, there's a lot of, like, sticks in the ground and roots and things like that. Tripped and smacked her tooth and broke it. Front tooth. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Problem is, it's an adult tooth, and she doesn't want to walk around life with a cracked front tooth. And to get it fixed was not going to be cheap. It was a situation that was going to run lots and lots and lots of dollars. Two, three thousand dollars, right? Um, and insurance is like, sorry, we don't really cover dental, which is an area that I've never really quite understood. Uh how bad insurance is and how, for some reason, we accept that. Insurance is expensive on a monthly basis, and it doesn't cover much unless it's catastrophic, which is great, which is the way it should be. But a lot of people think insurance covers, like, 
a lot. It really does. It covers the, the minor stuff, and then it covers the major stuff. The major stuff really, really well. Uh, but again, you know, if you get massively sick, it's going to cost you six thousand, nine thousand dollars out of pocket. Now your hospital bill is going to be sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars if you have a heart attack, and that's where insurance really helps. But uh, I think people would be disappointed if they knew how insurance can underwhelm at times. And you think like, hey, I got insurance. Good luck. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. So I just want you to save 15, 10 to 15% of your salary for retirement. If you do that for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you're going to have enough money for emergency, enough money for potentially retirement. You've got to trust the market. It's one thing that it kills me. I read surveys, and a lot of millennials are like, uh, I don't trust the stock market, I don't trust this, I don't trust that. And I really don't think you've got a lot of options, You know, to be quite honest with you. I think it's something you almost have to trust. IBM missed on the revenue, and IBM is a company that film uh, Space Odyssey, 2001 Space Odyssey. The computer was called HAL, and some people believe, and some people don't believe, that HAL was IBM with the four le- three letters shifted backwards, I to H, A to B, um, M to L. I guess the letters shifted forwards, or I guess in this Depends on who we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about HAL or IBM. They, it, it was a really important company in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And they kind of lost their way for a while, and then they kind of got it back. So they're known as Big Blue, and they're, to me, they're known as Big Disappointment. Single-handedly, they're pulling the market on the Dow lower today. Otherwise, the market, uh, I, Dow would be higher. Now, with that being said... Um, the Dow's not perfect. I like the S&P 500 more than I like the Dow, but I really like the Wilshire 5000 more than I like the S&P 500. Um, or the Russell 3000. They're more diverse markets, and they tell me that what the market's doing versus, like, the Dow is being pulled down 30 stocks. Pulled, uh, frustrating. We'll take a break here. We'll talk soon. Big event coming up this Saturday. Sign up today. Come hang out with me from 3 to 5. Then watch the World Series. We'll take a break. Talk soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.